You are listening to a Nerd Room podcast production. We the Nerd. Bunch of nerds. Hey everyone and welcome to Nerd Room. We talk all things Star Wars, Marvel, DC, and beyond. This episode number 318, we're discussing the Thor Love and Thunder teaser trailer and an overhaul of DC Entertainment. I'm one of your hosts, Tim. And I'm Carlos. And guys, we're coming at you firing all cylinders again. We had a great amount of success with last week's experiment that we are going to now mold this into somewhat of a longer term format inside of the Nerd Room. We will ask for your continued feedback over the next couple of weeks, but given what we've got in front of us, I think it is more than appropriate to stick with this format and then follow it up, of course, with our Week in Nerd. But Carlos, before we get into that new This Week in Nerd, or at least that new style of This Week in Nerd, how you doing, man? I'm doing well, man. I could do without the uh, snow and cold that we have in our city right now, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know that you can expect like this one last dump of snow here and there, but uh I guess it'll be good for all the gardeners and farmers and just look at look at the silver linings, the bright side of life. So <laughs> I like that, that. That's who it'll be good for. <laughs> and we can shine that light here over on Nerd. Look at the bright side of Nerd. I like looking at it that way, the shiny end of it, the positive end of it, because we had a lot of fun things to talk about this week, including the hotly anticipated drop of the Thor Love and Thunder first teaser trailer. It is here and we're going to talk about that again very briefly and we're also going to bring in some aspects of this discussion of this big merger of wba and discovery finally closing up here and what zaslav the new ceo or the current ceo had to say about dc entertainment but like we do every single week man let's let's call it a day here at the top and head over to this week in nerd Welcome everyone to This Week in Nerd, where we break down the latest and the greatest from the world of nerd in our new rapid fire, rapid approach format. And this week, guys, we got to kick it off with our first topic, and that is the Thor Love and Thunder first teaser trailer. These hands were once used for battle. Now they're but humble tools for peace. I need to figure out exactly who I am. I want to choose my own path, live in the moment. My superheroing days are over. The long-awaited teaser for the fourth installment of the Thor franchise arrived this week, and it was very welcomed by fandom at first, I think. You know, it clearly picks up on the style and the tone of Ragnarok with more of that cosmic vibe, and of course, those Taika Waititi sensibilities are all on clear display here. We get kind of a basic introduction to the early part of the film where we see the Guardians of the Galaxy and, of course, a Ravenger Thor, an Olympian god in Zeus, who just might be the first victim of Gore, a less-than-enthused King Valkyrie on the throne of New Asgard, and what appears to be a cosmic journey of self-discovery anchoring this story with Thor. Now, with new suits, new adventures, and a thunderous reveal of Natalie Portman's mighty Thor, 
all of this makes a very solid trailer in the humble opinion of this MCU fan, even in the absence of our first look at the main villain in Gore, played by Christian Bale. So there it is. We've got our trailer. It's finally in front of us. Carlos, there's some chatter online about this not landing with everyone. How are you feeling about it? Yeah, I thought it was all right. It was kind of par for the course, I think, for what I expected. Like, I I certainly liked Ragnarok, and with Taika coming back, it was what one could expect from the trailer. I was, I was pretty pumped and quite enjoying it until you get that little shot of Zeus. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ah, this is going to be a lot sillier than I thought it was going to be. All the way through, just there was something about, you know, when he grabs that lightning bolt and just the way uh, the character had been conceived. And so uh, for me, I'm a big fan of Taika Waititi's movies in general. So I'm really excited for this one as a Taika Waititi fan, um, more so than being up for this as a part of the MCU type of thing. It'll still be cool. Ragnarok is one of my favorite movies in the MCU, but I do um, I do have to have some sympathy for the folks that are a little uh, down on it with an affinity for that Jason Aaron Gore the God Butcher mm-hmm. run. It, for me personally, like I like Taika Waititi movies more than I like Thor comics, so I'm cool with it. But uh, yeah, I. I get it. I get it. Like there's, uh, I had quite a few discussions with people that really dislike Ragnarok for very similar reasons, but I think we know what we're getting with this one. So yeah, I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah. All day, man. I think I want to look at that Zeus scene. It does stick out like you said. And my first impression of it was that it was another one of these acting scenes like we saw in Ragnarok. Cause it is, I think Russell Crowe playing Zeus and mm-hmm. Zeus, the Olympians, has never really been mentioned that much. And I, I did take that as more of a maybe comedic spin in a similar fashion to what we saw with Loki and him recreating the Loki death scene and that from Thor the Dark World. I kind of took it a little bit more like that, but it's going to be interesting to see how this really lands. Yeah, it, it should be it should be cool. But I, I get it with people that aren't digging the tone and direction of this one. Um because those were pretty cool books and if somebody has a strong attachment to them and we're hoping to get the flavor of them this might not be it but uh we'll have to just wait and see what the movie delivers definitely not hiding much and that kind of leads me to our topic number two for this week and that is of course sticking with thor love and thunder i gotta know carlos what is a standout moment in this teaser trailer for you uh, to be honest, I, I quite liked his interactions with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. I don't think that that's going to be more than 10 minutes no. of the movie type of thing. But uh, I do like that they establish a bit of a history with them. And then he obviously walks away at some point in time. Like they're going full Rocky Two with it, with mm-hmm. uh, him having a crisis of faith and a bit of a training montage. And then <laughs> going off to find himself before he gets uh, called to take up uh, his arms again and participate in battle but uh yeah i think that that was probably the thing that i'm that got me the most uh excited so yeah yeah, the the guardians ravager thor type of deal that was my number one as well but i'll go to my number two just for the sake of putting it out there and it's that reveal at the end nally portman's mighty thor her grabbing that hammer that recomposed hammer from ragnarok after it was busted to pieces by hella 
she looks great it seems like a very tonal shift in the movie there that scene in particular looks up maybe a little later on in the movie but that's got me really excited whether it's a baton pass or whether it is her becoming thor proper or whatever is going on in here i'm kind of here all day for a bit of a transition and portman hopefully coming back to this with a little bit of energy in this one (laughs) Yeah, well, she's she can be a phenomenal actress when she wants to, and um, I don't know. She she's always complained about not being able to have fun in these roles, like being Padme when everybody else is swinging lightsabers around and and whatnot. So here she gets to be the costumed up superhero wielding the hammer, and the shot of her looked cool. So yeah, I I think they'd do well to have the baton passing, but at the same time. Hemsworth is kind of your last of the OGs that's mm-hmm. sticking around. And uh, yeah, because Ruffalo's got those tires are run pretty bare right now from the <laughs> opinion of this Hulk fan. It's just like, I, I will take Mark all day long in uh, Art House HBO Max projects, but man, just let, let Bruce Banner go. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, this movie drops the first part of July here, so not too far out. And we've also got to get through the Multiverse of Madness as well on the back end of Moon Knight. So us MCU fans, we are eating very healthy right now. And I have to say, Thor Love and Thunder is my most anticipated MCU project for this year. Uh, that remains true through both the Multiverse of Madness and, these Thor, and this Thor teaser trailer as well. Cool. I guess, yeah, new format. It means that I am up next. So, uh, yeah. As we're, you know what, let's take it in a totally weird spot. But uh, our boy Jared just shared the other day that Jason Momoa, our very own Aquaman, has been cast in a Minecraft movie. So I don't know what kind of connection you have to Minecraft or uh, if your kids have experienced it at all, but uh, Minecraft is a pretty big deal in my household. It has been something that's been around as long as my kids have, and I don't know that I've played it for more than 15 minutes ever. And that's cumulative, but uh, yeah, the the girls just adore it. And, uh, you know, there is like a story mode uh, game, and I think Telltale did a game as well, or maybe they're one and the same, I don't know. But uh, there is some narrative versions of Minecraft out there, so I don't know if they're adopting one of those. But, uh, you know, I look at Warner Brothers they blew everybody away with what they did with that first Lego movie. Uh, and in fact, I quite love the second one as well. So I'm here for it. I think Momo is a hilarious presence. So why not? Well, and it's one of those IPs that could go one way or the other, the way I look at this. I have zero experience with Minecraft. I kind of know the look a little bit and it's going to be interesting how they potentially integrate that into it, not holistically, but more of a nod to the universe that they are pulling from to, for, to the source material, of course. But I think it just allows them to to run with a brand, an IP, put Jason Momoa in there, who seems to be WB's golden boy with him, of course, being Aquaman, but also making appearance in Dune. So yeah, I'm here for it. At the end of the day, more films, they got to put something to screen here that is a value of course and that looks good and that is written well but you know even if it's just minecraft in name i think they can do something with it so i'm not gonna say much more than that because i am definitely the wrong person to be providing commentary on whether or not it should be beholden to some form of narrative or grander story or even look you know i was joking on twitter this 
last evening saying that if it doesn't do the look, I'm out. I'm boycotting WB, but <laughs> I don't think they can do that full look. Well, I'm sure they'd love to do that look because it would be cheap yes. to make a movie that had that uh, that visual aesthetic. But uh, yeah, it should be interesting. I I don't know. They've got some talented writers there, as evidenced by the aforementioned Lego movies and whatnot. So yeah, as long as it's fun, why not? I think that's what it's got to be. It's just got to be fun and it's got to embrace what it is and not try to be mm-hmm. too serious with the with the source material or the overall story. I think it can be successful. We'll see. WB, they're they're doing some stuff here. They're moving some pieces on the board and you know what I mean? They're they're chasing a bit of longevity in IP and this might just be one of them. Yeah. Why not? You never know. <laughs> well, let's let's shift some focus here from the video game world and from the adaptation over to the toy world here for a minute. Let's talk about some Marvel Legends. I got two things to say about Marvel Legends. Number one, you can go over to our YouTube channel and you can see my Marvel Legends collection as it stands, kind of, in its full glory, my 178 figures. It's over there. Go check that out and give us a sub and a like while you're there. But something that's going to be adding to that here in the not-too-distant future, some of these figures are now coming out in 2023, but Hasbro had another one of their live streams this past week. And that included, one, a big reveal coming out of No Way Home. We're finally getting that trio of Spider-Man from that film. But as excited as we are for that, there's a bit of disappointment that it's not coming until 2023. Why Hasbro didn't have this in the pipe, I will never know. This seems like a surefire thing. This is, again, a very much a Grogu, a Baby Yoda style of miss where they could have had all this stuff out there, but because of the worst kept secret in Hollywood, we're unfortunately not getting these figures right away. Look, I can hang on, but it does seem like a big swing and a miss on the arrival time of those figures. But they also did reveal a whole bunch of other things, including a candidate for two-pack of the year in a Spider-Man Homecoming civilian Peter Parker and Ned Leeds figure. Come on, we're getting our first Ned Leeds figure. It's coming, guys. It is coming in the not-too-distant future, and they also revealed some other Spider-Man stuff, including a Spider-Man Noir with Spider-Ham. We're also getting that Toad 20th anniversary figure that they had promised a little while back. We're getting an Iron Spider, a Future Foundation Spider-Man, a Silk and Doc Ock 2-pack, a Null and Venom 2-pack just for you, Carlos, and also a Lizard Toy Biz retro-style carded figure, as well as an amazing fantasy Spider-Man. This is a brand-new figure web wings extra hands everything coming all these going up for pre-order or most of them at least on april 20th so that is on wednesday yesterday for those that are listening day of release so carlos spider-man this is a big focus for you these are some legends coming at you this two-pack that i know you're gonna get (laughs) yeah you know what i i am tempted to cheekily buy that two-pack and uh do a ned leeds j uh jacob battlin custom of him as the hobgoblin but uh but let's see because that thing's not going to be cheap but man i i was following this a little bit and i i felt sorry for our dear boy troy because there was at least i play in a pretty niche space of the spider-man legends collecting but uh there was a pile of spider-man and spider-man yes. related figures today yeah and there was also like the spider-man and spinneret two oh yes that was announced yeah so that was another one, and yeah, there was there was loads. Like it's impossible to keep up with all of them. Uh, out of these, I'm probably the most excited for the lizard. 
I have a pre-order in already for the Doc Ock 2-pack. I know Troy wants the silk out of that one, so that was a bit easier to justify. And then, yeah, that Amazing Fantasy 15 and Iron Spider, I've got to get get home and then uh, Spider-Man Noir for my kid. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just with these, it's just playing that exclusives game. And then, you know, do you try and poach them on the secondary, hit somebody up to order them for you, cross your fingers and hope that Toys R Us or uh GameStop up here gets them in so that'll be the the trick for me is yeah. trying to figure out but uh yeah they uh they're making pretty quick work of my wish list for Spider-Man figures I'll tell you that much yeah they they are spending a lot of time in that space and even this two pack you know I do joke a little bit that it's up for candidate of the year for two pack but at the end of the day I'm here and I'm fully in and fully invested in MCU Marvel Legends figures. The problem with this one's going to be is where is it going to sit at price point? Is it going to be at that $89 price point up here in Canada? $90? Likely it's going to sit in that space somewhere. And so that is very, very difficult to justify for two civilian figures with, you know, the Ned looks okay. The Peter Parker, for whatever reason, they seem to be struggling with Tom Holland's likeness. Uh, They did on the exclusive No Way Home figure from Walmart. This one doesn't look a whole bunch better to me, unfortunately. Yeah, I'll, I'll be uh, interested to see what they look like in hand, but you won't be able to see them in hand because they have that new windowless packaging on them, where they oh, come yeah. in a yeah in a uniform box, much like Lego does, I guess, would be the close comparator. So, from one dynamic two pack to another, uh, they announced that the Wonder Twins have been cast in. AJ Kappa and Isabel May for the Wonder Twins movie that is debuting, I believe, on HBO Max. So not at all how I thought they would go with the casting for this one. I thought that they would probably go um, with a couple people of color. Not that the Wonder Twins are one way or another. It's hard to tell. Like Their first appearances were in filmation animation super friends cartoons way back in the day where everybody had just kind of a weird look depending on who painted the cells and uh their comic book appearances have been uh, few and far between since then but um yeah interesting choice but both of these actors come with their own built-in fan bases to a certain extent with kappa being somebody i'm a bit familiar with from that riverdale show uh, not that i watch it but i know that when it came out uh, he and the the dude that played Jughead had quite the fan bases. So, yeah, I'm curious to see how it goes. Uh, I don't know. At the end of the day, it's Wonder Twins, and it's coming out for free on a streamer that I pay for already. So it is a literally no-loss scenario. So, yeah. <laughs> well, about you, man? What do you think about the, the Wonder Twins coming in? Man, I have even less experience with the Wonder Twins than I do with Minecraft. Was that Minecraft? Yeah, Minecraft. So... I, these this is one of the these properties where it's gonna have to be hook me with the trailer hook me with the first episode let's see where we can go with this and it's gonna be uniquely one of those things that it has a dc tag on it but my understanding and overall even interest in this is gonna have to be driven by the creative forces and what they do with the story on this one it doesn't get a free pass from me unfortunately who is the actor that's played what character did he play in riverdale he was archie oh he is archie okay that might get me through the door then i kind of like that kid we watched the first couple seasons of riverdale and so i'm i'm game for that okay i'm in i'm in i was always gonna be in for the first episode here but like i said it's gotta gotta hook me first episode and we'll go 
Yeah, I think it's a movie. So, oh, it is a movie. Okay, I just yeah. assumed it was a say. I'm all over the place here, guys. So I assumed it was a TV show, but movie, yeah, sure. I'm here. I'm here for it. No, nothing about yeah, it. But. Yeah, it's low risk, and you know who knows what the reward will be. So it'll be comedic for sure, and yeah, why not? Why not? No, nobody had high expectations for a Wonder Twins project, so no, and we're getting it. Let's again, leveraging the HBO Max platform to be able to produce things like this, and that's something that we will inevitably talk about here with the overhaul of DC Entertainment, is that they want to leverage more stories onto that platform using existing DC property and source material. And so if this is something where they can create a, a bit of a foundation for new characters that they can then maybe further explore in the DC universe, hey, I'm here for it all day. I will be forever supportive of trying something new, different, and creative on these platforms because this is where you can do it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's the whole point of it, right? Is you've got a streamer and this is your chance to you know play with these characters without having to spend $200 million to do it. So Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, let's stick with the DC universe. I'm probably going to slide one out from underneath you here, but I want to do a little bit of continuity across some of these stories and let's talk about this keaton suit man this rumored this possible leaked suit of what we're maybe gonna see keaton in in the flash and batgirl this looks like a costume test i don't know how real this is but man does it ever maintain the look of the past it's got that yellow oval on the chest i still don't know if he can turn around and back out of his driveway but I'm loving the legacy that they bring into this and some of the update that they that they have, of course, included, which I'm going to need you to educate me on here. Oh, yeah, man. Like this thing. Yeah, I think it, it was just like a lighting test maybe for the suit. But God, it's beauty. <laughs> like I, I loved it, man. Like it's perfect. It got that return style yellow oval on it and some pretty classic lines in the cowl through the neck and shoulders and cape. Uh, the armor looks to be updated with having like a, an armored look like the Batman return suit, but yet it's broken into the various kind of musculature pieces like the 89 suit did. Probably the biggest change is that they went with a, a completely black belt on this costume. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, yeah, which is cool. Maybe a bit of a nod to like the Clooney and Kilmer suits if they wanted it. Or maybe to just have him really be differentiated from the Flash in the one movie and uh, Batgirl in the second one that we're going to see him in. So, uh, man, at the end of the day, like it, it's just cool seeing Michael Keaton in that suit again, right? And like you, you had to love like the big grin that he had on his face yeah. while he's taking that picture and... By all accounts, he's loving playing that role again. So, yeah, I'm here for it all day. Get me that Hot Toys like yes. yesterday. <laughs> Just put the pre-order up now so you can kind of get it when when it's all arriving, maybe a year or so after that. <laughs> yeah, like it, I would love for them to do like an ultimate Keaton kind of Hot Toy where you have that suit and then maybe like I think the gauntlets are a bit different. So maybe switch out gauntlets and switch out belt, but... They won't do that because they know they, they can sell guys like me a whole nother figure. So, you know what? Do the 89 re-release. Maybe redo your returns one because I, I don't love that figure. And then, uh, yeah, give me this one. Give me the battle damage version. Give it all to you, man. One with a Batgirl logo on the side of the McFarlane box. One with a Flash logo on <laughs> the side of the McFarlane box. Oh, yeah. And I, I'm sure I'll buy them both. <laughs> and then 
you know, crush them together and make my own version of the ultimate Michael Keaton Batman and whatever other versions. But yeah, man, that that Batman suit too cool, too cool. I didn't think you were gonna pull that one out. I forgot all about that one. It's been quite the week because our guy Ezra Miller keeps acting a fool. He does. So stay, staying on that. Uh, DC Michael Keaton train hot off the press just today. Uh, Ezra Miller was arrested and charged once again with, uh, it was like second degree battery, I think is what the charge was in Hawaii. But uh, basically he was asked to leave a party, didn't leave through a chair, hit a young lady in the head. And then he, and then they were arrested a short time later. And uh, yeah, Ezra Miller, uh, you know, I, I quite like them as the flash and i think they're a extremely talented actor however there's clearly issues at play and you know there has to be some accountability uh regardless of what's happening as far as like mental health issues or substance abuse issues uh one has to own those things and take those steps to you know make an amends to the people you hurt and moving forward type of thing so just hope that very quickly they get the help they need to stop anything else like this from happening in the future. And also, you know, not that they owe anybody an apology, but when you're in the public eye, it's in my opinion, the best practice to, you know, disclose what's going on and let people understand. Cause if you don't, people will just make up their own yep. stories about it. So, uh, yeah, all the best to Ezra Miller and, you know, if they don't think that they can handle being the Flash, hopefully they approach WB about stepping away and the studio can do something cool as a post credit scene where Ezra goes into the Speed Force and Ryan Gosling comes out. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It is a very tough situation. Like you said, it's it's something that you want, to, want them to to get resolved as quick as possible, especially as it's playing out in the public eye. And yeah, all the best. And, you know, I don't want to provide too much commentary around consequences for the flash, because I think first and foremost is making sure that people get the help that they need and when they need it and everything comes secondary. So it's, uh, it, it will inevitably have some cascading effects into the DC universe, but you know what the flash can travel through time. So <laughs> we will, we'll see what happens there. But yes, like you said, all the best to, Ezra Miller, and hopefully he resolves the, the the situation and the issues that they are struggling with. So, man, let's let's shift over sidestep DC for just a minute here. I got to take a wander into the park, into the world, if you will. Now, with the tagline, the park is closed, the kingdom has fallen, the wait is over. The final season of Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous was announced to arrive this summer. Now, after four seasons of our stranded Jurassic campers weaving their way through both Jurassic World and Fallen Kingdom. We're going to see their story likely coming to a conclusion and maybe even a rescue with the final season, the fifth season of Camp Cretaceous dropping on Netflix on July 21st. Now, we've got a whole batch of new episodes dropping on that date, looking like it's picking up almost right after season four. And we're going to get to see this conclusion potential rescue but not after our campers get chased by a whole bunch more dinosaurs including the t-rex the spinosaurus dilophosaurus 
and much more. Now, there isn't much to this teaser, but it does feature one thing that really stuck out to me, and it's a JP artifact that we may, as an ice, and when I say we, I see the collective Jurassic fandom get an answer to a question that stems all the way back from 1993's Jurassic Park. What happened to Dennis Nedry's Barbasol can? It makes a very brief appearance in this trailer. Now, how this actually ties into anything, who knows? Will it do anything big? I don't know, but it's going to answer that question, I think. You know, one thing that we are looking at with the summer of Jurassic here is how maybe this all eventually does tie into Jurassic World Dominion. That is a mystery, but this has been a nice supplement piece to this ever-growing story around Jurassic. So I'm thrilled to see this back. I still have to finish season four, to be honest with you, but I am happy that they're bringing this to a logical conclusion in line with Dominion here. So it's coming, man. The, the The world is ending and we're seeing this maybe segue out of, of this Jurassic legacy story into maybe something new in the future. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm quite the proponent of uh, Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous. It, it's been a, a fun show to watch with my youngest daughter, who's a Jurassic World super fan. And um, I can't believe that we're coming up on a fifth season. Mm-hmm. I guess, mind you we get multiple seasons within within a year type of thing so it hasn't been running for that many years but uh they've got a healthy little piece of mm-hmm. Jurassic lore under their belts so yeah and it's cool that they're bringing it to a conclusion uh, at the end of the story that they want to tell i uh i forgot all about the barbasol can and the the little thing that i watched i wasn't paying that much attention cuz a lot of it was footage from the existing seasons but uh It'll be interesting to see where they take that. And you know what? Maybe that informs the pieces to where all those um, uh, DNA samples came from mm-hmm. at the end of uh, Fallen Kingdom. When you see the one truck driving away and they had all the, the samples in there. So maybe that explains a little piece of that. I, I know Trevorrow was quite uh, adamant that he's like Jurassic Park, Jurassic World is for everybody. And this yep. is a gateway in for kids. But at the same time, it is absolutely part of the lore and part of the canon. And the show thus far hasn't walked on anything, really. There's there's things that you're like, okay, well, that's a, a big step from what we know happened in the movies type of thing. But at the same time, it doesn't uh, negate or uh, interfere with the canon of the, the film. So, yeah, the Camp Cretaceous has been a super fun show. So I've really, really enjoyed consuming that one and i'm looking forward to this uh, finale here Mm -hmm. i really hope it pays away for a potential live action in the future that's something i've been wanting since i first watched jurassic park in 1993 is a live action adaptation of something and i think that the success of this show and the storytelling narrative behind it that they can maybe leverage some of that into something in the future yes it would have to be way toned back on the dinosaurs and the cgi because of likely expense but I think there's something that can be done and maybe will be done in a post dominion world. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see what they do. They've, they've got to step up their game because Apple has their big dinosaur show coming out pretty mm-hmm. quick. Don't they With Richard Attenborough yeah. cheekily being hired on as the narrator for it, <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah it'll be cool to see where they take it. Well, man, I think we're uh, to the end of our news segments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, unless you got something that we need to drop before we it's all you, man. Uh, dive into this variety article. 
that caused the gnashing of teeth and rending of garments all over the place. And not just because Easter, Passover all fell on the same day. <laughs> it was because there was an article that said in its title, Warner Brothers Discovery Exploring an Overhaul of DC Entertainment. And for my money, I am convinced that the majority of people that yep. commented on this article only read that headline and then uh, wove all their narratives around. Uh, just what I read to you there in that headline. But uh, basically, uh, the article talks about David Zaslav, the head of Discovery, who is now going to be the head of the new Warner Brothers Discovery, um, wanting to come in and to uh, explore what they can do with DC Entertainment. And that's kind of the key part of the whole article, right in that first sentence, is that they're looking at um, DC Entertainment. So DC Entertainment means everything from DC Superhero Girls, Kinder Surprise Eggs, to Mm -hmm. doing a Wonder Woman video game on the PlayStation 5, and every movie, TV show, animated series, coloring book, action figure, and t-shirt in between type of thing. So um, basically, I see this as nothing but a positive because you have the new bosses looking at that company saying that DC Comics is our biggest, baddest, most important property, and we need to make sure that we do as much as we can with it. And there was a lot made of them allegedly bringing on somebody who would be the Kevin Feige of DC. And that is not at all what the article says. They're actually looking for somebody who's not in a creative space, but more of a business manager and, you know, treating DC universe as its own separate business unit, which might be a little more akin to Marvel Studios, but even Marvel Studios is just... um, the live action pieces of media that Marvel does, but having DC entertainment treated in the same way where everybody would answer to one boss. And it sounds like the way that um, Zaslav has the new Warner brothers set up is that he just has a bunch of direct reports. Mm -hmm. And I think what that would mean is that the person who would run DC entertainment wouldn't have to go through a Toby Emmerich to get movies greenlit or go through their, uh, TV chief to do TV shows, they would just report directly to him. Yep. And he would be able to make sure that that business unit is doing everything they can to leverage those properties. And yeah, good or bad, like I think the worst case scenario, it means that we're going to be getting far more DC Comics content. And it sounds like David Zaslav is the Superman fanboy. So people like my oldest daughter will be extremely happy because if the big boss wants Superman, I think we're going to be getting Superman. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know why people were so upset, but I read this article like literally about seven times and I could not find the negative. No, me neither. Look, I I look at this the same way as you do. And that, you know, there's some quotes in here where I think the article does mix things up and makes it a little confusing where in one breath they talk about, 
Zaslav wanting a someone to to nurture their blockbuster intellectual property, and they want someone to serve as a creative strategic person, czar type thing. And they mention Kevin Feige, but in literally the next sentence, they says he's not looking for a creative guy. He's looking for someone to kind of guide this thing because it lacks a coherent creative and brand strategy. That is the sentence that stuck out to me most in this article because, like you, I read it like four times trying to figure out what all the discourse was all about because like you i read this the same way is that let's let's put this in a vertical column let let's make this a it's different than marvel studios but not unlike what it used to be under ike perlmutter which did have Mm -hmm. issues because of how big marvel studios got and they ended up pulling out feige and having him directly report to bob Iger at disney so i think they're there needs to be, like it says, this coherent direction for the brand at a minimum. And so the guys making your t-shirts are talking to the guys that are also, you know, directing the films or making the films or developing the marketing for all that. And so it just makes sense to me that you have something that is siloed off in not a creative sense, but in a management sense. It's And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But at the end of the day, I think what it means is, like you said, we're going to get more stuff from DC consistently being put to screen and they're going to be able to develop an identity underneath that banner as well. Yeah, for sure. And like when they do talk about the movies and having uh, more success akin to Marvel studios in the next sentence, they talk about secondary characters and then pointing to the Joker. And it's like, well, Joker is the opposite of what you're talking about with um, just having a, a continuity-based cinematic universe type of thing. So, yeah, and to DC's credit, like, I think they were actually a little ahead of the curve with this already. And even if you just look at this year, you have a standalone Batman movie, you have your Superman Lois TV show, you have two in-continuity movies, and then you also have a DC Super Pets movie for a completely different audience. So I I think they're kind of getting there anyways, but if this is just something that kind of holds their feet to the fire and gets more things made, um, I, I see that as nothing but a positive, really. And if there is a criticism of Warner Brothers historically, it's that they underappreciated yeah. how much of an asset... DC Comics was right. Like mm-hmm. they do a, a couple Superman movies, and then you're waiting a, over a decade before somebody thinks about doing Batman. Like <laughs> that's that's not a great way to cultivate this. But you know what? Pop culture was in a different place at that time, and um, they had so much success with Batman. Why why change things if you don't have to? But uh, I think you know, if Marvel Studios is your goal, then. Yeah, absolutely. It just it just makes sense. So, yeah, I think they're in a good spot to take strides in that direction. They're not starting from a, a blank slate. They've already got a lot of irons in the fire with different things across all their business units, right? Like, it's just a matter of time before we get an Injustice 3 announcement and the next couple um, DC Universe movies announced and you know, some of these long gestating projects like the Green Lantern getting a bit of airplay and off we go. Yeah, I think it's it's less of an overhaul and more of slight corrections here and there. I think the article widely misrepresents exactly what the point of the comments that Zaslav and company 
are making towards DC Entertainment. It is a bit of a clickbaity article, in my opinion. It speaks out of both sides of the mouth, but if you boil it down to what it is, it's it's about making DC Entertainment better as a whole. That's the bottom line, and all, we all win from that. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. Like, really, you're just going to put out more product? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> hey, well, why not? You got the Wonder Twins, and I think in the article, too, it does... Uh, it does put some credence to wanting to extract IP out of DC and put it onto HBO Max, leverage that in the same way for telling more stories, as we've been saying for, for years now on those platforms, what you can do. And you just talked about the Wonder Twins as well. And so here it comes, guys. More DC, the same way we're getting more Star Wars, the same way we're getting more Marvel. It, across the board, everything is moving in the right direction for us, guys. We are feasting here. We are feasting. Yeah. Only guy's not feasting is Netflix with that share price taking a big dump today. <laughs> well, we'll see. Maybe Netflix is it's on its way out. But guys, look, there it is. That is the rapid fire this week in Nerd. We took a little bit extra time because we had some pretty big stories there with the Love and Thunder trailer as well as the, the DC Entertainment article here. And that's, I think, how we're going to run these things as we go is we're going to allocate the appropriate amount of time to each of these stories and give five minutes to something that's a little bigger that deserves that extra piece of talk and then shorten it up for some of these other things. And so we are going to continue to forge this path with this experiment. And we appreciate the continued feedback from all those listeners that reached out on Twitter this past week and expressed themselves on how they felt about the episode and all that. Greatly appreciate that, guys. Very, very welcomed. And as we continue to run this experiment here in the Nerd Room with the format, always open-eared for all of that. But let's move it on here, guys. Let's head over to some of the plastic talk with our week in Nerd. All right, Carlos, we are here in our weekend nerd. We are building towards a pop culture moment here in the city with the Calgary Comic and Entertainment Expo hitting us here. This is our big expo. First time in a couple of years it's been on due to the pandemic. It's a probably the largest one in Western Canada, maybe. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Lots of really great yeah. things happening. We got some really cool guests coming. But for me, it's all about the hunt. And I've been saving the powder for opening day to get there and find some toys some jurassic park toys marvel legends whatever else comes at me here i got cash already extracted from the bank i am ready to go and because i've been doing that i bought absolutely nothing this week nothing so i have a clear blank slate and i'm ready to go man how you how you feeling are you, so you're heading down to the expo at some point here you got your eye on anything here have you picked up anything this week or like me have you played a bit of the cooler and the build up to the, the the expo yeah no it uh it has been cool i did have one like pretty significant thing show up on my doorstep and that was an order from a while ago but um yeah I've reached out to the good old canadian boys that actually made this so i'll hang on to that and we might do something as far as an official reveal goes so i will certainly share that with you guys when the time comes but uh Aside from that, uh, to follow up on last week's Our Week in Nerd, dear listeners, Brother Jared, I appreciate you reaching out and, <laughs> you know, doing what you could to offer your assistance with uh, me hanging on to Elden Ring. But uh, unfortunately, 
It just had to go. It just had to go. Our, our dude Troy, he uh, he's been grinding away at it, but he was sympathetic to to my plight, and he had talked to EB, and he's and uh, I guess with like the Platinum Edge membership and the level that we have, uh, based on the sheer volume of McFarlane action figures that are bought <laughs> at that store, it uh, qualified me for a uh, a straight up like dollar for dollar, hundred percent value. Um, exchange on another piece of software type of thing. And so when Troy relayed that to me, which I was unaware of, I was like, you know what? I got to, I got to move this thing for something or even just a gift card. And it was funny. Like I take my kid to music lessons and I was like, okay, we got to go dump this game. Cause uh, I don't want to be stuck in this Elden Ring mess for even a second longer. And so she kind of jokingly says, uh, you should get Lego star Wars. I was like, yeah, no, I'm buying something for myself. And so we go into the store, talking with my dude Trevor that works there. He's my man, hooked me up with a bunch of the gold label figures and whatnot. And he sees me looking at the wall for a little bit too long. And he's like, dude, he goes, PS5 games, it's a little slim pickings right now, but you got to pick up Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker saga. I was like, seriously? And he's like, oh, yeah, it's it's phenomenal. And, like, just the way he gushed about this game. Like, I haven't seen him gush about a game like that since uh, Ghost of Tsushima, which he sold to me the same way and I absolutely adored. So I was like, ah, you know what? Why not? And he's like, okay, dude, if you're buying it, he goes, you can either exchange it straight up or he goes, we had somebody not pick up the deluxe edition and it comes with a Blue Milk Lego or Blue Milk Luke Lego figure. Um, which is, I guess, pretty lucrative. I don't know. And um, a bunch of downloadable content. And I look at the DLC and it was the characters from the Mando and the oh. Bad Batch or two of the sets. And I was like, oh, I guess it. you got my 10 bucks, man. So um, yeah, picked that up and I was totally blown away at how fun this game is. Like it, number one, it is absolutely immense. Like we've played all the Lego DC and Lego Marvel games and, this thing takes it to a whole nother level. Like you play through the nine Sega movies and uh, like loads of free Roman, like massive, massive worlds. And even some of the side missions, like I was playing a side mission where you're like on Camino, and there's like the Jedi master from episode one with the long skinny neck who kind of looks like a Kaminoan. And so you're talking to him, and he's like, oh, they won't let me leave, and they're making me work in this lab. I'm a Jedi master. But he's like, you got to go find the lab cleaner guy. And so you, like, go from there, and you actually go all the way to Coruscant and go to the Jedi temple and, like, find this guy. Very cool. From Camino. And, yeah, it, it, it is fun. And just, like, some of the wacky team-ups that you have. Like, I was running around yesterday with the Mandalorian and C-3PO because I needed a protocol droid to do a bunch of translations for me with stuff. And yeah, it's just fun. And, and the humor is really on point in that game too. So yeah, you can't go wrong. And it, it's been a blast to play through with my kid and the levels are huge. Like we played for, I don't know, over the weekend, we probably got like five hours in and only did episode one and half of episode two. And that's, not even trying to 100% those levels. So it'll be one that I'll be able to pick away at forever, which will be awesome. That's exactly what I look for when I buy a game, mm-hmm. something I can tool around with for a long time. And uh, yeah, aside from that, got myself to everything everywhere all at once. Uh, really cool A24 movie with Michelle Yeoh, and it, it's just wonderful. It's a, it's a 
beautiful character study about family and um but with a multiverse bent to it and it was it was a very very enjoyable trip to the theater so i don't know if it'll be able to steal any screens for too much longer i think it's doing okay but being a smaller release with all these big movies coming out one after another over the course of this month um if you can catch it in theaters cool if you can't i definitely recommend the watch on streaming or the rental and then uh yeah, I've got myself three quarters through the Sandman audio drama as well. To think, just a few days ago, I was on a big, long walk through the 12-mile coulee listening to the Sandman and Morpheus hosting his guests in the dreaming, and now I can't even walk to the end of my driveway. But uh, <laughs> it, it is what it is. But, yeah, once again, like, Audible just crushed it with this thing. Like, James McAvoy returns as the voice of Morpheus and... Kat Dennings is back as death and Jeffrey Wright's in this one is destiny. And yeah, it's, it's phenomenal stuff. Like I had it on while I was grocery shopping and I actually just sat and stood in like the pajama aisle or whatever. So I could finish my, uh, <laughs> my episode before I checked out and whatnot. But uh, yeah, it it's cool. And it's a few bucks, but the production value is absolutely through the roof. So we definitely recommend the salmon, this is Act 2, and I think Act 1 is either free or super cheap right now. So um, if you wanted to try it, yeah, the price is certainly right for Act 1. And, uh, yeah, I, I'd suggest that if you enjoy that, you'll be inclined to dive into Act 2 because they couldn't have done a better job with it, in my opinion. And and it's neat, too, listening to it, like having read those books and reread them again not all that long ago. Um it's brought new life to segments and um, volumes of the series that I didn't love reading as comic books the first time, but has given me a whole new appreciation for it with the way the performances are uh, delivered. And, and there's something just special about having Neil Gaiman as your narrator for the entire mm -hmm. thing. So yeah, it's been cool. I, I forgot how much I absolutely adored listening to the volume one of that thing. So I've quite enjoyed it and, I'd love to be able to listen to it while walking, but uh, it's not on the cards for this week, I don't think. No, too much snow here. Too much snow. Well, it looks like you're all <laughs> over the place with consumption of media between audio and video games and movies and TV. Like, you're all over the place, man. <laughs> yeah, man. You got to be uh, got to be well-rounded. You certainly so. tick that box. <laughs> <laughs> well, there it is, guys. Look for for updates over the weekend. Uh, on our social media apps, at least for me specifically, because I'm going to be attending, like I said, the Calgary Comic and Entertainment Expo for the first time in a couple of years. And I'm, I've got some specific hunt items, very Jurassic Park shaped, if I'm being honest with you. So I look forward to sharing some of that with you guys. And I may try to put together a vlog if I'm able to get enough footage from the expo over the two or kind of one combined day that I'll be going Thursday and hopefully on Friday. And so... That's it for this week, guys. That's our week in nerd. That's this week in, in nerd. It's it's all coming to a head here. It's some very exciting stuff, seeing that first trailer from Thor Love and Thunder, as well as digging a bit deeper into DC Entertainment and what the future holds for them. So we appreciate you guys being here and coming back with us every single Thursday to talk all things Star Wars, Marvel, DC, and beyond. If you want to be a bigger part of these shows, you can always email us at nerdrm at gmail.com. You can find everything we do as I revamp the nerdroom.net. I'm, I'm in there kind of shaking it up. So eventually you can find everything we do again over there. Instagram, The Hunt. 
it is real. I put some stuff up there, my nerd room and some videos. And so we're kind of ramping that back up a little bit. I'm going to get some stuff up there this weekend, of course, on the expo side of things. And YouTube, like I mentioned earlier, you can find not only all the videos that are there from before, but my brand new updated Marvel Legends MCU collection tour. It is there. Go hit that one up. It's it, People are, seem to be enjoying it. So give it a thumbs up and a subscribe. And there may also be a live stream, a Star Wars-shaped live stream this week. Look to Twitter for that announcement to come full fold in just a day or so. So that'll be out there on Instagram too with a couple special guests as well. And so look to that for an announcement as we continue to build out our YouTube content and Twitter, guys. That is where we are usually just hanging out, talking nerds, so you can find our handles at the end of the episode and carlos my man with all that being said an exciting week in front of us an exciting week behind us for the nerd room i'm tim and i'm batman and thank you so much for entering the nerd room this has been a nerd room podcast production you can find our hosts tim troy sanjay and carlos on twitter at the nerd rm troy the boy 87 sanjabi and cdn cape crusade r for more content from the nerd room check out the nerdroom.net and don't forget to subscribe to The Nerd Room on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or wherever you plug in. Use the hashtag WeTheNerd to keep up with the latest from The Nerd Room on Instagram and Twitter.